Good morning. It is time to get up with How About Them Cowboys. The D in Big D stands for demolition. Is Dak back on track? Headed to a showdown Sunday in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, amid the muck and the mire, the Jets emerge as kings of New York. Wait till you hear why it may actually have been much prettier than you think. And then a day to the deadline. Do the Chiefs need to make a phone call or stand pat with Mahomes? At the top of the AFC. All that a whole lot more. It's a Monday. Let's do it. Back and better than ever. Ready to roll. Here we go. Danny is here. Rex is here. Welcome, Dominique Foxworth. Our buddy Ryan Clark in Detroit from Monday Night Football. Is that Ryan Clark? <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of people are confused right now. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know the difference, Greeny. Just keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I and I thought it was going to. Cowboys and Rams yesterday. Let's do it. We've been begging Dak and CD and company to look like champs. And yesterday they would against the Rams right from the jump. Opening drive. Prescott. This time it's Jake Ferguson. One of the best throws that we've seen Dak make this season. Finally, Ferguson catches it. And then it's a beautiful celebration for Dallas early on. Rams down 10-3. First play of their next drive. Matthew, what? Yeah, there's got to be some form of miscommunication between him and Cooper Cup. They so often run these choice routes. Got to be on the same page. And you can see Bland sitting there waiting. Cooper Cup does one thing. Matthew throws the ball behind. That's his third pick six of the That's year. Week eight. That's incredible. We might set a record. Duran uh, Bland, it's already the Cowboys single season record. And then, hey, Rex, Micah Parsons. Bad something. <laughs> he is amazing right there. Right up the middle. And that would force a punt. Or would it? Spoiler alert. Here comes Sam Williams up the gut. Yeah, right up the middle. And the special teams to the Cowboys was really good yesterday. You see this block punt. And then after this, they return it inside the 10-yard line. They had a tremendous impact on the game. And then, Danny, you have been begging them to find C.D. Lamb. Yeah, Jerry Jones needs to send me some type of cash app, Venmo <laughs> type of payment. Because ever since I it. told him to throw the ball to C.D. Lamb, they've done it, and it's worked wonders for their offense. Again, Dak Prescott's legs showed up for another game. C.D. Lamb, 12 catches, 158 yards, two touchdowns, and Brandon Cooks got in the act. Yeah, a little well. bit of a double move top of the screen. He kind of sets at five yards, drops his weight, the corner sits, and then it's an easy touchdown. The D. Stands for demolition, 43 to 20. The D also stands for Dak in rhythm. Mm. Second straight week, Jerry said this was your best game. Can you? What kind of rhythm are you in with this offense? Let's make it three next week. Uh, yeah, I'm in a rhythm. All right, and again, for those of you who are only Monday regulars with us, Dominique is a member of the Prescott family. He's a cousin. He's involved in some of the uh, group family texts. What do we say about Cousin Dak today? I mean, he's been incredible from week to week. The, the, his ability to buy time with his legs, those are the big plays in offense last week. Those are the big plays in offense this week and move the defense around by doing that, helping out that offensive line. Dak's been incredible. After the really questionable performance against San Francisco, the huge bounce back. But, Dan, it's not his legs but his eyes. Yeah that you were telling me about. Yeah, I, I actually don't think it's that impressive of a win for the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I just want to make Cowboys fans mad. Twitter is uh, no, 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 no. Uh, so I, I totally agree that, that this is the best rhythm we've seen in, I would say, a couple years for Dak Prescott when it comes to games in a row. Two things, the ball to CD and then the eyes were so good yesterday. So he's going to read this backside safety. If he goes out, 
he's going to work to the top, the three-receiver side. If he hangs in the middle, drifts towards the middle of the field, or goes that way, it's CeeDee Lamb one-on-one. We call this a post-corner post, the bottom of the screen. Look at Dak. He's, he's staring there for on purpose. He's trying to get that safety to drift that way and then quickly come back and rip that ball to CeeDee Lamb, soloed by himself. Now up top, you're going to get pressure off basically the bottom of the screen. Dak Prescott knows pressure off my left, I got a dropper from my right. I have CD running an in route at the top of the screen, but that dropper is everything. He's going to move that dropper, like take that dropper with his eyes moving to the left to vacate that wrap in area for CD Lamb. Multiple examples yesterday where Dak's eyes were the difference in the play being like a good play or a great play. And it's funny, I remember last year saying, the best play in football was the Cowboys pass rush on third down. Yeah. The best play for the Cowboys this season, not even close, is throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb. And I have to give them credit. The past couple of weeks, they've moved him around. I feel like they've finally created some matchups, which is something that they haven't done. And, again, Dak was awesome yesterday. Take that to the advanced class, Rex. Yeah. You were telling us about where they're using well, C.D. Lamb. Well, finally, they, they threw Gallup out. Like they're gonna, they kept throwing the ball to Gallup because he's the X receiver. And what that is, the weak side uh, outside receiver, split in, if yeah. you will, on, on the weak side. You have to be able to beat man coverage. Look, who's that up there? Is that Gallup? Well, it's not. It's going to be complete. It's C.D. Lamb, <laughs> all right? Jeez. And so now we get that over there, and he can beat that press coverage, and he did. And now this one right here, they got the, the, the Y off, but he's on clearly on the weak side of the formation. And now we're going to get him isolated on the he's, inside. He's isolated on the safety there because of that. Isolated on the safety. Why? Because they moved the, the tight end out wide. And so they're finding ways to get him the ball. Later in the show, we're going to have Dan's going to show in the red zone in yep. particular. And because why? C.D. Lamb only had one touchdown going into this game. Why does he have it here? They moved him to that split-in position, weak side of the formation. When he's isolated, you're getting man coverage, more room over there, and he beats it. And that's what they, they needed to do. All season, I've been going crazy saying, why do we think Michael Gallup can play? He can't play. I'm sitting back looking at him. He's playing the X receiver where you got to be a stud. Week before, let me give you an example. Yeah. When Dak throws an incompletion, you know where it's going? Michael Gallup, yeah. okay? He was, they had 10 targets the week before. He had three catches for 20 yards. This one, he had a great game, two catches for 20. All right, they realized something. Brandon Cooks, they sh- you showed the double move for a touchdown. That's two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Dallas had finally figured it out. Why I, I, I was so impressed with them last, you know, when they picked up this kid in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, they finally got a true number two receiver. Yep. All right, ever since they let Cooper go, they got a number two in this guy. And they finally are using it. So to their credit, it took them seven weeks or whatever, but they figured it out. So they make some adjustments, and the offense obviously explodes. But it's the defense that they're going to ride if they're going to ride this thing deep and they're going to ride Micah Parsons. This is the game script that they want. Get up early and let them eat. What I saw from Micah was yeah. really special. They put him in the middle of the lineup. And he either gets uh, one-on-one with the center, which is, tends to be the worst pass blocker in the line, or they have to assign both of the guards to help him out, which gives the ends uh, one-on-ones out there. It's a tough thing. Watch how this opens up. Wide open, then Mike is able to do whatever he wants, or they push it to one side and it makes for a two-way go for another player. It's incredible. It's unfair. We've seen the Browns do it with Miles Garrett. Look at that. He's too strong, too fast, and too big. Normally, on the edge, there's a tackle who's at least big. 
The center is Micah's size mm. and nowhere near as quick or as strong. That man can't win right there. There isn't a center in the league that can block Micah Parsons yeah. one-on-one. So, so I love that tape. Two things that stood out to me, Dom, were passing situations, like yeah. those obvious passing exactly. situations. And what they did was he, they would put him like at the, the – so for us offensive people, they would put him over the center's head. That forces my five offensive linemen. Everyone's got to block one-on-one, right? And then what they would do is take one of the other four defensive linemen, drop them out. So you guys still defensively get your one-on-ones, but you still have seven people in coverage. So you're not exposed in the back end. It's essentially, it's, you, it, it ends up being a blitz without blitzing. Exactly, exactly. And for those of us who are longtime football fans – Rex, tell us why that reminded you of Reggie White. Yeah, because my dad, who was a brilliant thinker or whatever, he put his best player over the center. <laughs> how would you like to have Reggie White over the, over yeah. the center? Because that's how he made a living. He would crush people uh, through the inside. And, and then Dan Hampton with the Bears. So this goes back all the way to the 80s when, when this is, you know, this is not new. It's new to put a linebacker over there. However, it's the same thing. The same premise, put your best, uh, isolate your best player on a one-on-one situation. Dan Quinn's done a great job of that uh, this season, I think, in, again, especially in obvious passing situations. Find the fish, put your best player on them, one-on-one. I I think Dom's point of that's the style that Dallas wants to play is, it it feels like very accurate coming off of yesterday, and I think they – if you were going to ask, if Dallas gets to play to their style, can they beat anybody in the NFC? Probably. I feel the same way about San Francisco. I think the difference between them and Philadelphia is it feels like Philadelphia can play in any way that's yeah. necessary, and Dallas cannot yet. Well, they, some teams will meet, finally. Wow. We've never seen Dak against Jalen Hurts. We will see it this coming Sunday for the first of two times in Philadelphia. The Cowboys had the huge win yesterday. The Eagles had another dogfight with the Commanders. Jalen and Sam Howell, a minute to go in the first half. Commanders are up 14. To, how about this, Dominique, this catch? Come on. That's oh, not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, we can talk about MVPs. This guy should be in the conversation. Danny, the catch. It's unbelievable. The one hand, secure it with the left, and get both feet down while you're getting dragged to the ground. Pure physicality. Wait a minute. I thought there was an NFL rule that said the tush push was not allowed to be stopped. They stop it. Dalen Hurts, trouble with the snap. The immovable object has been moved. Do you think they did this on purpose, yeah, though? Yeah, Just to get the lead <laughs> off, of them, <laughs> off their back. Give us a week. A third and seven out from the 25. You should One. double team them. Wait, you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Jalen sees it back shoulder. You, the strength. I mean, that's the thing that stands out. So consistent with A.J. Brown is the strength that he plays with. For the second time this year, Commanders playing them tough. It's 24-17 Washington. This time it's Devontae Smith. Just a little bit of a blown coverage from Washington. Devontae lines up in the slot, goes untouched down the sideline. Eagles up 20, excuse me, tied up at 24, and then the pick. Yeah, this is one of the better coverage plays they had all day. Sam Howell had an afternoon throwing the football, but tight coverage sails it to Reed Blankenship. Two plays later, it's Julio Jones. Julio down by the schoolyard. So one touchdown to a Hall of Famer and another touchdown to another Hall of Famer. Eagles up 31-24 next. 
Eagles drive third and two. Tush push? I think not. Yeah, I love this. You line up like it's going to be, and then we get a little bit of a horizontal run to DeAndre Swift. Easy touchdown. That ain't fair. And it is Hurts and company who find a way to get the win. And so what is the number one, and you touched on it there briefly, the number one takeaway from this game? Yeah, A.J. Brown and Tyree Killer are competing right now for best wide receiver in football. And I do have to give credit to RG3. RG3 said this. You know, A.J. Brown should be in the MVP conversation. That's absolutely true. The physicality that he plays with, and it's it's unique when you say it's A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill for best receiver in football right now because Tyreek Hill does it obviously with speed. A.J. does it with physicality. A.J. reminds me a little bit like a DeAndre Hopkins throwback where, and this is done in respect and reverence. Like, he's open when he's not open. You know what I'm saying? Like, defenders are there. And while there's not a ton of separation, he's still open because of the way he tracks the football, controls his body, and goes makes those contested catches. The physicality that he presents is a problem on defense. He is. I mean, he's so strong at the catch point. I mean, that, that's the thing about him. And I always love the – everybody says, oh, it's 50-50 ball. No, it isn't. Like now with that guy. Yeah. But here's the thing that drives me crazy when I'm watching this. And, Nick, you know darn well – uh, shouldn't we stuff this guy yeah. every snap? Please explain what Please. that means. And what that means is, like, anytime we're playing zone, huh? we are going to take our attention to this guy. Sounds easy, right? Well, if he's outside, if you're playing cover two, that would be good. All right. If he's inside, and meaning that we're going to get our hands on him with our corner. If he's inside, you have to play cover four. Unfortunately, no, no team in the league does what we right. what we would do. We would, yeah, we call it a stuff technique. A stuff. So if he was outside, we would check it to two. If he That's goes right. inside, we check it to four, four, and we'll tell the hook player go out there and touch him. Touch him up as much as you can. Make sure that the quarterback has to come off of it. It takes a great deal of pressure off of Jalen Hurts, though. And that's what you have to do. And here's and, and then the technique I'm watching. Both guys end up over top of him. That ain't good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that back shoulder fade, the reason you want to be in that type of coverage is so I have the back shoulder covered and the top. How do we end up with both guys over here? Why? Because we play for Washington. You're saying behind. (laughs) That's why. We're going to talk about the commanders a little later in this hour when Shefty joins us because there is some thought that maybe they make some trades uh, in advance of the deadline tomorrow. Some players might be headed out. Those catches are sick. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Just, Just for fun, before I get to the next thing, because you're one of the great defensive coaches of all time. Who would you rather try and stop, A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill? A.J. Brown. Yeah. You'd rather I, try uh, and yeah. stop? Oh, I mean, I don't want to stop either one of them. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. A.J. Brown for sure. And I'm going to tell you, and, and you're right. Your comparison to Hopkins at the catch point, you're right. The guy's a freak. The only bad thing is he runs a 4-3 also. So it's like yeah. Hop never ran more than a 4-6. So, right. like, he's faster. But – no way. This one dude is – I've never seen it. Tyreek Hill. He is so fast. The other thing and is, quick. too, he's quick as, as – you know what? He's a rocked-up dude now. Like, he's he's a physical little guy. Yeah. He just sat on that side. But I think, to me, I'm going to – I may lose a little sleep at night trying to defend him. All right, then let's get to the other side of this, though, because the Eagles, the offense – look, they put up 38 points yesterday. I think, generally speaking, we have confidence in them. But they got to the Super Bowl last year because they had an elite defense. Do they have that now? Yeah, it's not elite consistently, which is the problem. But one good thing about this defense is Hassan Reddick, we don't talk about him, is one of the great closers in football. We talk about that D-line like it's an ensemble cast because it is. But at the end of game, 
games, you need a defensive lineman to put games away. And Hassan Reddick is doing it as well and as often as anyone in the league. Over the last two seasons in the fourth quarter, he has 11 and a half fourth quarter sacks. This man is a problem, and we should talk about him the same way we talk about some of these other great pass rushers. The, the defense is not playing nearly as good as it did last year. That's the truth. Yeah. Okay, go back to last week. Remember, came on this after the Miami Dolphins game and said, outside of two plays, that game's a, that, that's a one-score game. Yeah. Sam Howell threw it. Now, it's a bad matchup for what the Philadelphia. Sam Howell threw it up and down the football field yesterday. So, if we're sitting here going coverage-wise, who's the one person that's playing well on the back end right now? It's Darius Slay. Yeah. Other than that, no one's playing up to their capability. Bradbury's not. Reed Blankenship's just back from injury. Sidney Brown, I did like some stuff in the nickel yesterday, but there are some voids in their coverage. They got some bad matchup situations yesterday. I think if I was Philadelphia, I got to figure out some things on defense in the middle of my defense before Tuesday when it comes to the trade deadline. Uh, just uh, quickly, this is why I never had the Eagles going back and representing the NFC uh-huh. and why I took Dallas over them. Because they lose five starters on that defense yep. and your coordinator. Well, right now, you haven't replaced those five starters, clearly. The Garner-Johnson guy you, is a big miss for these mm-hmm. guys. And then the other deal was uh, the coordinator. Because right now, this guy ain't, the snub, you know, ain't up the par. And all I'm seeing is he's playing such vanilla defense. How about we put some sprinkles on that defense? <laughs> like, for the love of God, I just keep waiting. Reddick is, to me, yeah. that's Mariano Rivera. They might as well put that the, inner Sandman out there. I think the coordinator's been better than Rex is saying. I, I just don't think they're not covering Boy, him. I don't. I mean, when you when you went from a team that was historic and rushing the passer yeah. to this, you got, what, one or two sacks against Washington? I also Washington, played Little League baseball with the defensive 45. coordinators. All right, one or the oh, – okay, one, okay so I get it. Now, so, <laughs> we got the top of the NFC. We got your Cowboys, we got your Eagles, and we got your 49ers suddenly. Oh, no! In free fall, Joe Burrow, Brock Purdy. Here we go. Score tied at seven. Bengals first and goal. How about Joe? And free play. So the awareness. We haven't seen this, though. We haven't seen Joe consistently be able to do this, to move, to move, to move, and the late touchdown of the front pylon. Joe Burrow was sensational yesterday. Dan, Brock Purdy, candidly, was not. Yeah, so this, this is, is a great play. It, it's a little bit of like I can hand it off, I can shovel past it, and then he's trying to get out and dump it over Pratt. It really is just an incredible play by Jermaine Pratt. Look yeah. as he gets the hand up, tips it to himself. And a touchdown that absolutely takes or interception takes points off the board. And, and so then the Bengals get the ball there. And then now we're in the fourth quarter. This is the very next pass that Brock Purdy throws. Yeah, just does not see Logan Wilson underneath. He actually threw almost an identical interception earlier in this game on a very similar look to Wilson, and he drops it. Just does not see that dropping linebacker. And then Joe Burrow, they bring Jamar Chase inside. They get him matched up on the nickel. Fake the screen, walk in touchdown. That was the very next play. Jamar Chase, uh, the up and over. Now, eight minutes to go. Niners first. It's a great throw here from Purdy. Back to back throws. Falling to his right, throwing back across his body. One to Kittle and then one to Christian McCaffrey. But to get to this point, the star that has kept this season alive in many ways for the Bengals is Joe Mixon. He's been awesome. And and, uh, Burrow looked spectacular yesterday. And now here's Trey Hendrickson with the big final play there. 
and the Bengals close out a monster road win. And we will talk more about them when we dive into the AFC a little bit later because Burrow and company look absolutely sensational. But let us start with San Francisco. Three weeks ago, it felt like, oh, well, they're clearly the best team in the NFL. A funny thing has happened on the way to that. How concerned should we be right now? Well, you got to be concerned. And my main concern is with the defense. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, look, we're used to, and, and statistically, they can lie a little bit because I still think they're in the top three in the league in, in total defense, but it doesn't look that way. Mm-hmm. And here's the big thing, the pressure in the quarterback. Like, we haven't seen it. We're, we're paying three guys. Kimball will give me the stat later, but probably around $80 million. Yeah. So you think you're going to get on the quarterback. Well, you're not. Uh, and so, to me, there's, there's an issue. They, they, they bring in a new coordinator again. Yep. They kept the, the, the entire defensive staff except him. So, But they're, they're not up to snuff right Andy, now. Andy, quickly, Brock Purdy, we didn't know until the day before if he'd be able to play or not. How do you look? Not good. You've you got to be concerned if you're Kyle Shannon with the amount of passes that the defense is getting their hands on. You know, for the, the greatest thing that Brock Purdy had done all the way up until two or three weeks ago was he was throwing the ball so early, the anticipation, and the defense was never getting to it. In the last two or three weeks, that started to show itself a little bit more, and that has to have Kyle's attention. And I, I think that's about the defense also, is because we've seen Brock Purdy, over the course of this whole Shanahan run, pre-Purdy, we've seen defense be great. And it allows the 49ers to be in every game. It allows them to threaten with the run, which opens up those middle field throws. Those windows are tight as hell yeah. when the team knows that you can't run the ball. That's... You're going straight drop back, and Purdy has been great. He's going to hit three good balls in a row. But ask him to do it five times, you're going to end up with two interceptions. So, Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, who's the best team in the NFC? Quick. Philadelphia. Philly, probably. Philly. Yeah, I'd say Philly, but watch out tonight. Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. Rex not giving up. Meanwhile, the Jets didn't give up yesterday. About 25 punts later, they pulled out a game they had no business winning. Should their fans feel more or less confident as we wake up today? And as we wake up, we wake up a day from the trade deadline. Shafty will join us. Don't miss it. In about 15 minutes, tell you exactly who, where, and when. Next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. And the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify could do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash get up, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash get up to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash get up. Get Up is brought to you by FX's American Horror Stories for episode Huluween event, now streaming only on Hulu. Hey, how about some hoops? How about Steph Curry here? We're just a couple days from Halloween here. How about scaring Dylan Brooks? Aww. Oh, he put him in a blender, move. Watch right? this. Watch this move. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. 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 Uh-oh.
Bottom of the hour, get up on ESPN. Our next game, Chiefs and Broncos. Second time they've met in just a few weeks. Second quarter, Broncos up 7-3. And how about Jerry Judy in the corner of the end zone, Danny? Yeah, really nice job. Judy wins, man coverage. And then I love this throw from Russell Wilson. High to let Judy run to that back pylon to get it. Russell threw three touchdowns on the day. Patrick Mahomes threw none. That's okay. This is a Denver defense that has started to play better over the past couple weeks. They sink under that seam. Diving interception, unlikely or uncharacteristic for Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes playing with the flu yesterday, as we knew, and they just never looked in sync. There he is getting sacked in the fumble before halftime. Kansas City down five. Now fourth quarter. Here's a huge moment on a fourth down. Down 12 points. Just catch the ball. It's, it's a beautiful throw from Patrick Mahomes. It's the right place. It's a great route when it comes to the angle by Sky Moore. You can see it kind of gets on his right hand and over his eyes more so than in front of his body. Five minutes left. It, it's basically uh, desperation time here, if you will, on fourth and 22. MVS is tackled on the play, but uh, it's intercepted ultimately. And so Patrick Mahomes' first career game was zero touchdowns and three or more turnovers talking after about the drops. They're going to know that I'm going to keep firing it to them. That's just who I am. I'm going to keep firing it to the open guy and letting them make plays and not trusting those guys. It's just we got to continue to get better and better. All right, so I'm watching your fancy Sunday countdown there, yes. Mr. Rex. And I'm watching you pick Denver as the dog of the week. What no, you did you see in. coming? I sure as heck did. Why? Because – Matchups are, are the thing. In Kansas City this year, unlike the previous season, I mm-hmm. think it, it's their red zone has been absolutely awful yeah. this year, especially against Denver. Remember three weeks ago, they had five trips into the red zone? Uh, zero. Mm-hmm. They were 0 for 5 in yep. the red zone against them. What were they yesterday? Uh, 0 also for really bad, yeah. You know, so to me, it's like, like that was going to be the difference. And this year, I think they're 18th in red zone efficiency. Uh, where they were, like, second, I think, the year before. So, to me, that's an issue. And then Denver, for whatever reason, even last year, when I was looking at that coordinating job, I watched those tapes. They played Kansas City extremely well. So, their matchup, Sertan and company, they they match up really well against Kansas City, and that's why they were my dog of the week. And, and so, Dominique, is it the one thing that I think was shown yesterday is it's pretty simple. I mean, the Chiefs just play better when Taylor Swift is at the game, right? I mean, is that am I overstating that as a factor here? Is there a causality? It is a fact. The question is whether there's any connection or can, not. Can Taylor Swift track a ball over her shoulder and catch it in the end zone? Uh, if she, if she, I wouldn't put it past her. Well, if she can do that, then they need her. Okay. Otherwise, then she don't have to come to no more games because that was the problem yesterday. The Receivers couldn't catch. Receivers tend to be able to catch. This happened to the Ravens against the Steelers early season. The Chiefs will be fine. But they are so reliant on one guy, aren't they? They're reliant yeah. on the, the, her Travis. fancy boyfriend. And if that, if he's, when he doesn't have a huge game, that offense, right now there are some questions. I, I'm with you. And I was with you last year. I said the Chiefs yeah. can't yeah. win the How'd Super Bowl last out? year right. because they're way. too reliant on Travis Kelsey and they need a receiver. But you know what they did? They made me a fool and won the Super Bowl anyway, so I'm not in a position. This is a bad week. This is a bad week. Relax, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be fine by, by their next game. I, I totally agree with Don. This is one of the most predictable games of the week, and I love the fact that you called it, though. The, the Chiefs have one of these games every year. Two years ago it was Tennessee. Last year it was Indy. This year it just happens to be the division rival in the Denver Broncos. I thought they played fine outside of the red zone, to your point, right? especially third down in the red zone. The, the, Mahomes is not going to have some of those interceptions or turnovers that he had yesterday. This is just one of those weeks. They have a massive game coming up. The Chiefs 
On Sunday morning, we'll play the Miami Dolphins. The number one seed is on the line. And that game is going to Gary carry so much more weight than yesterday. This, yeah. this is just one of those. To me, though, like, doesn't this team need another receiver? That's the question. And that, oh. that is the question. Here's, here's the, the deal. Um, last year, that other receiver was Jarek McKinnon. Right. He hadn't done anything right now. He mm-hmm. never did anything last year until they got beat by Indy. And, and they, they bring back Nicole Hardman, and he muffs a punt yesterday. Uh, by the way, yeah. that game uh, that uh, Danny is talking about is in Frankfurt this coming week, right? And you'll be there. We'll, be ha- we'll have that game for you, and Danny and company will be covering it. But you just asked a question. Do the Chiefs need to make a trade? If only I had Adam Schefter just sort of standing by. Amazing why I put that out. Ready to answer. That's Rex just working. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down, big come. fella. Is he in the is. old black? Look at Shefty. Oh! <laughs> he's got, he's got the, the, the cat burglar look working this morning there. I like it. Okay. Let, let's start there just because that's what we're talking about. And I, mostly, I think people just want to hear you open up the notebook a day before the trade deadline. But let's start with that. Chiefs, we do wonder if they're too reliant on Travis Kelsey. Could we see? anything with Kansas City. We'll start it there. Greeny, to your point, they already traded for McCole Harbin, and he's not exactly your traditional wide receiver, but there are money issues, there are roster issues, and they have a lot of wide receivers that they like. Again, you're not looking, you're not seeing the front-line wide receiver like you did when they had Tyree Kill, but that's not the way that this team currently is constructed. So there's the matter of cost, there's the matter of roster size, You never know what happens before a deadline, but I have not heard up until now the Chiefs prominently mention in the hunt for a frontline wide receiver. Again, anything always could happen, but that's not something that I have heard. I think the names that you're watching now Mm -hmm. as you start to gear up for the trade deadline tomorrow, you have Derrick Henry in Tennessee, and the Titans don't plan to trade him, but could there be another team that interests them enough to make an offer that's compelling enough, significant enough, to budge the Titans off their stance of not wanting to move him. It makes it, I think, a little bit more challenging in the fact that they won the game yesterday. They come off a big win, Tennessee does, against the Atlanta Falcons. They're now on a short week playing in Pittsburgh. We'll see if there's a team that steps up and meets the Titans' price that would move them off their stance not to want to trade Derrick Henry. I think the Denver Broncos, you watch them. They're coming off the win against the Kansas City Chiefs. They've gotten a whole host of calls on a whole host of players. Most notably, I think they're wide receivers. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Is there a team out there that's going to pay enough for them? The Broncos have even gotten a bunch of calls on Patrick Sertan, their cornerback. It's hard to imagine that they're going to part ways with him. He's the best player on their roster. He's 23 years old. But if there's a team that's out there that's going to be willing to give up a Jalen Ramsey type of package, two ones, a four, maybe Denver mulls that, although I don't think it will. I think it's going to hold on to him. The question is whether they trade Judy or Sutton, whether there's a compelling enough offer there for them. And I think you're looking also at the Washington Commanders. They come off a loss yesterday. They're 0-3 in the division. They're 3-5 overall. They have Montez Sweat and Chase Young each heading into the last year of their contract. They've already paid Jonathan Allen. They've already paid Deron Payne. Both players are now scheduled to be free agents. going to be hard to keep both players. So being that you're 0-3 in the division, if you can get a good offer for one of those guys, maybe it makes sense to move one of them by the deadline 4 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. I think some of those are the hot spots right now, but there are obviously a whole host of issues. And things that happened yesterday that also pertain to the trade deadline with Kirk Cousins going down, with the Niners losing again, uh, with the Rams 
suffering an injury to Matthew Stafford. Let's talk specifically about the Kirk Cousins injury, and I think the entire league just sort of feels collectively sick for him, um, and the whole world got to know him pretty well during that quarterback series and everything else. Having a, a real, another really solid year, he'll be a free agent, suffers the injury, so it, it just goes without saying that's terrible. They find themselves in an interesting play, Sheffy. They've played themselves right back into having a season. So what do they yeah. do now, and what could they do before tomorrow? Well, this really becomes something that one injury upsets everything. There are so many byproducts of that, right? You have Daniil Hunter, their Pro Bowl defensive end, in the last year of his deal. Now, do you go forward with him and try to make a playoff push with whichever quarterback you decide you want to have replace Kirk Cousins? We don't even know who's going to replace him right now. They had Jaron Hall, the rookie, yesterday step in. They had Nick Mullins on injured reserve. They've got a whole host of things that they've got to figure out here. And then finally, Saquon Barkley. We know what we uh, what we we know what we think we know about Saquon Barkley, but that's another loss for the Giants yesterday. Offense looks terrible. Granted, they're on their third quarterback and everything else. Anything with Barkley. They've told them they're not trading them, and we're going to take them at their word unless somebody would bowl them offer with a big offer. But again, I I don't see that happening. I think Saquon's staying in New York. I think they're not trading him. He's scheduled to be a free agent. He's made it very clear he wants to stay here. He'd like to re-sign here if he could. They're not trading him. Again, I come back to Minnesota. I heard somebody in my ear say rap, which I had so many thoughts of the Vikings I wanted to share. And we moved on to Barkley, who's not getting traded. I'd rather go back to Cousins and the Vikings and all the things that are going on in Minnesota right now. But Saquon Barkley's not going to get traded. Okay, excellent. Shefty, you never have to rap as far as I'm concerned. I want to hear. I, if Shefty picks I up heard, the phone. I heard someone say rap. Ah, they're talking to somebody else. I didn't know. They just, they, just want you to, they, they just want you to rhyme with your take. They would like you to spit a bar. I tell you what. That's what it was. I yeah, should have been rapping. Yeah. I got yeah. it. I, yeah. Damn, it's I, I missed that. Threw everybody it's off. hard enough to get the news. No, let's put it into rhyming rap. They wanted okay. you to say the big D go. stands for Dak, and it's whack in Dallas with the attack. I don't know who would do that. All right, Shefty, you're the best. Thank you. We'll be checking in regularly. If his phone rings, get back to him, stat. In the meantime, who would rap sitting here? We're going to talk about Zach, who was whack on the attack yesterday. But the Jets bounce back after he takes all the flack. We'll be right back. That's the best. Best of the best. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We are back on Get Up and the Jets and Giants in the battle for New York. And oh my goodness, he's not human. He's Aaron. He's out there <laughs> this dropping is ridiculous, back. Actually. It is ridiculous and ridiculously delightful. We pick it up 24 punts in. Uh, I, and I'm not exaggerating. A Graham Gano missing a field goal with the Giants up 10 to 7, and Zach Wilson gets a 24 second shot clock. Dan Orlovsky texts me, just throw it to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and it pays off. They should do it every single pass play for the Jets. I love the pocket line from Zach Wilson on that big end, and then leave the pocket. Throw back across the body to Alan Lazard. They get a little bit luckier because I don't think that the official actually touches the ball. Eight, this is like the third or seven, fourth string center. Five. He peeks to the right, make sure the, the the line with the official is the right job or the right spot. That That's a big time back-to-back place from Zach Wilson. And it is Greg Zerline who nails the game-tying field goal. And so what no one needed was more of this game, but we got it in overtime. The Giants won the toss and took the ball, which is one of the most curious decisions I've ever seen. <laughs> then Adoree Jackson gets flagged for interference. It's that the, ball uh, pass interference is great. It, it's the best play in the league. Uh, Greg Zerline, the game winner. Brian Dayball's got a lot of splaining to do. Zach Wilson gets it done at the finish. The Jets win it in overtime. Zach, how about that finish? I would just say unbelievable grit and battle by the guys. You know, absolutely no waiver and belief there at all, including me. Didn't doubt at all. You know, when I saw our defense got to stop there, I was like, oh, 24 seconds, no problem. You know, we've shown we can do it in two minutes all year. That was a great game. We had no business winning that game. I mean, a will to win that we have on this team is um, second to none. And uh, we needed one. We needed one today, and we went out and finished. God, I love that kid, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson. All right, Rex, I'll start with you. What do we take away from it? was not an artistic masterpiece. Oh, it wasn't? No, what, what do we take away from it? Huge win. Absolutely enormous win. And, yes, was it ugly? Did we not anticipate a, ba- a baseball score game? Of course we did. I mean, especially when we saw those conditions. But, man, to grind out a win, the Jets are 4-3, and three, mm-hmm. okay, which is unbelievable at this stage. They've had the lead for fewer plays than any team in the National Football League. Yep. And so coaching still makes a difference. We've got to credit Robert Saul and staff. And to me, I love the Zach Wilson thing right here. I love it. Because last year he would have said something stupid and all that. He's maturing right in front of our eyes. And at the biggest moment, he was at his best. Mm. Now, look, the game wasn't, it, it wasn't great, all right? But Dano thinks a little different. But 
at the biggest biggest moment, he was at his best. Well, just for those of you who didn't see it, first off, congratulations. Second of all, the Giants <laughs> the Giants had minus nine passing yards in the game. I'm not making that up. Yeah. And it went to overtime. Tyrod Taylor got hurt. It's ribs, hospital, all that kind of stuff. Terrible. But your thoughts on the performance of the young quarterback? I thought Zach Wilson played really good yesterday. I honestly do. Last year, the Jets and Zach Wilson lose the football game. Not even close. Yeah. This is a game... Okay, first of all, these, this stretch of plays might be the best of his young man's career. Yeah. I mean, the un, the circumstances of, like, no way I can throw a big in route. We get a flag, so it stops the clock. And then to get outside the pocket and know, like, okay, I can still get a chunk completion here and not do something silly with the football. And then the patience or the conviction to get to the line of scrimmage and get the, the ball clocked and spiked to have the kick and then get into overtime. Listen, he makes a massive third down throw to Garrett Wilson. Bottom of the screener. Dude, he's getting sawed off right there by safety versus man coverage. Gets it to Garrett, and then Garrett's freaking effort to go get the first down. So good. We're so unrealistic with our expectation for quarterbacks. Okay, just, I know people disagree with me. This was a game that he had zero run game. Zero. They had four drops in a torrential downpour and finds a way to win the football game. Garrett or Zach Wilson played really good yesterday. I'm telling you he did. Watch the tape. I'm telling you he did. I'm cool with everything you say as long as before you say it, you say for him. He played really good for Zach Wilson. As long as you qualify it, I'm with you. But let's not pretend that Brees Hall didn't make a big run and like Garrett Wilson wasn't making outstanding catches. They lost to a third-string quarterback who was probably planning to be a practice quarterback. They lose. They won. I mean, they won over a third-string quarterback who had negative nine passing yards. Over yeah. the let's not get carried away. It's a good win. They fumbled and fell backwards into a W. Good job. Now they got to hope and pray that Aaron's ankle or Achilles can well, heal miraculously. So, so the fact the so how does it not like get categorized as a really good game? What because did, I watched it. What yeah. did, but what did he do? But what did he do? Like what, what do you mean? What did he? How, do? how did he not play well? He. He, he made a pass interference play, and he made two good passes. Let's not say that he was good. He was okay. So, he so, going, against, so going against the defense that three weeks ago picked off the guy who was leading the MVP race okay. to a twice. Okay. All I'm saying, I don't want to argue with you, Dan. Why not? Because it's a pointless argument. Just say for him. That's all you got to say. But Let's grade him on the same scale that you grade everybody else on or put the qualifiers out there that are necessary. He was not great. He was not very good. Well, they won a game. He made two good throws. Two good throws. No, he didn't, Dom. He made multiple good throws. Four drops. And don't tell me to grade him the way I would grade everybody else because we don't do that with other quarterbacks. Okay, so then add the qualifiers. Just add the qualifiers. That was a terrible pass right By there. The way, my qualifiers are this. Yeah. I'm the guy that's uh, that sat here and say, be patient with this kid. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Right from jump. Right. All we expect, I don't want to, he's not going to make the leaps. Right. He's going to go like this and this and this. And then by the end of the year, he's going to be right where you want him to be. Well, but In what my do opinion. Want from him? No, but I'm saying this. Here, here's what I would have liked to have seen. The biggest errors, in my opinion, that he made during the game were late in the game. He Couple sacks. Two I agree sacks with that. Terrible. That were absolutely horrendous. If, if he can Good end sense. up now, throw the things away. All right, throw it away. But the fact that he stood up in the biggest moment and he delivered Did is they win a that game last year? step. No, absolutely right. not. Did, does this guy handle that press conference different no. last year? Dude, he would have said something stupid. Three weeks this ago, guy this Giants is getting defense. getting a lot better. 
picked off Tua twice. Right. Two weeks ago, they held Buffalo to 14 points. Last week, they held Sam Howell and Washington to seven, who just put up 30-plus on Philadelphia. The defense for the Giants over the last three weeks is playing good. They are. So, again, in a football game when the quarterback had no run, four drops, torrential downpour, third-string center, he played, he's, like, he played a very good game. He did. I'm telling you, there's multiple throws. And he missed two or three throws, no doubt. But, like, the context of the game has to matter. Magnificent. You are a takesman. This is a magnificent <laughs> take. No. Well-crafted take. No. Beautiful. Magnificent. I, I, don't, it's, but I believe kiss. it. I believe it. He I, played really well yesterday. Here's the thing. I mean, it almost – what they're saying almost – Backs up what you said. Yeah. Would he have handled the press conference badly last year? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's good for him. Curve. Would they have lost the game last year? Yes, that's good for him. It, 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 no one is going to walk out of that game saying it was a pretty victory. But the, I will, the place I will totally that's agree with you is that it is a win that keeps them moving in the positive direction. We always good said that them. they had back-to-back winnable games. And then when you said by the end of the year he's going to be right where you right. want him, I agree, which is on the bench because Aaron Rodgers is going to be back as the starting quarterback December 24th cool. against the command. Come on, tell me you didn't get excited. Uh, show me, show uh, me Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball around uh, out there. Graziano was sending the show him moving. He was doing dropbacks. Yeah, dropbacks, drop he looks spectacular. Aaron Rodgers is coming back, isn't Wouldn't he? that be something that this kid gets you to the playoffs and now you want to bench him? It's, it's, <laughs> like, I'm just saying. It's like, I, it's the, like the, the people who look, wanted to uh, see the guys fail the most in the NFL is Russell Wilson and Zach Wilson. I don't want to see no, him fail. I'm happy for Are Zach you Wilson. telling me if Aaron Rodgers could come back and play, you no, wouldn't no, come back and play I him? Would. Look, of course yeah. I would. Right. However, I'm going to say this. Your future of this organization has a better chance of being Zach Wilson than it does Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers we may see next year. Okay? Yeah. What are we going to do after that? Being the same uh, predicament we've been in for the last 20 if you years? you win a Super Bowl, no one cares. Yes, no, I will live that, with no, that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that there's no bigger Jet fan than Paul Greeny is, but I'm right there with you. I'm just saying, this kid, what happens if he ends up being the guy? Dan, what if, happens? If, if that field goal goes in, or if Brian Dayball does any of the, like, six things he could have done differently late in that game that would have had the Giants winning. They lose, and the conversation today is about all the things that he didn't do right. Yes, he made two great throws on that last no, sequence. He, I totally no, no, agree Greeny, with that. No, he didn't. He has he didn't a great make arm. Two great throws. He's got multiple Nobody big time throws to get about your notebook because we watched the game. Yeah, so the game. It was all I'm saying, I'm happy for him. Just, just say that it was good for him. That's it. Don't start talking about very good. Like he, they won because of him. He did they not didn't win it. because of him. Okay, I never said that. You said very he, good. It's you like did? it's like words don't mean anything to you. Very good is very good. Why do I have to? Why do, why do I have to like cap it with? Well, really good for him. Why can't it just be a really because good performance? Because other quarterbacks really have to good play. for him was good enough for us. There we go. That's they all you won, need. I'm they, proud they of him. I'm happy game. for him. Because why this team is it built was, on their defense. It was so cool when he after the game he said, "I saw 20 seconds and I said I got this." It was great. All right, they're counting me to break here. I could could do this forever. In the meantime, we'll get back to Big D coming up next because the D stood for demolition. Get up on ESPN. I'm going to make you guys say it. Uh, (laughs) uh, 